It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What could the Baltimore Ravens roster look like based off of what we know from minicamp? We dive into a full 53-man roster prediction post-minicamp for the Baltimore Ravens next year on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we returned here with another episode of Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. Of course, we're here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Ravens your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is who covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we're back. It is another week of Baltimore Ravens talk. Mandatory minicamp officially in the rearview mirror as that happened last week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And now the wait is on. We're waiting until training camp. And again, just checking off those boxes on the checklist, as I've said so many times here, Rookie mini camp, voluntary OTAs, mandatory mini camp, and yeah, soon enough we'll be at training camp. But here today, I do want to dive into a post mandatory mini camp 53 man roster prediction. Now, this is a very early roster prediction. I don't expect these predictions to obviously hold up, and then my predictions will change throughout the rest of this offseason. But it is kind of it's fun to look back at what we heard during minicamp, what we saw during minicamp, and look at just what the roster could look like based off of those things. So in the second segment, we'll look at what the offense could look like from a 53-man roster perspective. In the final segment, we'll take a look at the defense and also the specialists as well. Can't forget about the specialists. But in the first segment, I do want to dive into a bit more of what Lamar Jackson did say during his press conference with the media, but not about his contract. We were, we were so caught up with the contract stuff. Cause again, that's what a lot of people wanted to know about just where are the Ravens and Lamar Jackson with the contract and all those different questions. But Lamar Jackson also had a lot of interesting things to say, not related to that. And I felt like that stuff all got like swept under the rug and we didn't really get to talk about it. So I want to talk a bit about that not contract related Lamar Jackson sound bites from Thursday in the first segment. So again, we'll be talking about the Ravens roster, my post minicamp roster predictions in the second and third segments in the first segment of it about Lamar Jackson, what he had to say, not relating to his contract. But before we dive into the content, if you're here with us on YouTube, so you can see my face and my background and everything involved, be sure to drop a like on this video and subscribe to the channel. We're really close to 2,000 subscribers. It's been a goal of mine ever since we hit 1,000, kind of climbing up the ladder here. We're so close. I greatly appreciate everyone who's already subscribed. It really does mean a lot. And if you're thinking about why you should subscribe to this channel, we put out daily Ravens content five days a week. So if you want Ravens news, analysis, updates, opinions, we have that all here for you five days per week. So be sure to hit subscribe, like this video. Also, if you're here with us in audio form, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Whether it's on your way to work or from work or wherever you're listening, thank you 
We're here in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to follow us and be sure to turn notifications on and be sure to follow me on Twitter at kostriker34 and the Locked on Ravens account at Locked on Ravens. So let's dive into a bit of what Lamar Jackson had to say to the media, not contractually related. And he was asked a lot of questions about his contract, but he did say that he had a lot out of these last three days and he got a lot out of the last three days as well. He said, man, we're moving guys came. The new guys who were in it came to work. Those guys look pretty crisp. Everyone is moving a lot smarter and everyone is in shape. And I know a lot was made about Lamar Jackson's absence from voluntary OTAs. And I know we've had the conversation, but they were voluntary. He was there for mandatory mini camp. And that was very important. I think getting those reps and getting those snaps and was a very good thing for him to be able to do, especially with the new guys. I mean, he's, establishing chemistry with a new center in Tyler Linderbaum. We talked a bit about that as well. Had a, actually a funny a funny story from when he was watching a play for, from Tyler Linderbaum where actually Dalen Hayes take took a pick six. Uh, yeah, Dalen Hayes took a Lamar Jackson reception back to the house, and he was talking to Devin Duvernay during the play, and Tyler Linderbaum was running him down. And his, he just saw that he was fast, and Lamar Jackson said, quote, he's fast as heck for a center. I've never seen a center run like that. He's a football player. So, yeah, so some early endorsement there from Lamar Jackson. Speedy Tyler Linderbaum, I guess there is. So, yeah, as those guys get more familiar with each other, I expect their chemistry to get even better. I know Linderbaum is someone who a lot of people have high expectations for, obviously coming out of Iowa one of the best center prospects that a lot of people have seen in years and one of the best collegiate centers to come out of college in years. So that's, that's very high praise, a very big build to live up to, but I think Linderbaum can certainly do that in this Ravens offense. And he also talked a bit about the connection that he's building with Rashad Bateman and that he and Rashad Bateman had chemistry off the bat and, you know, really was like, they never stopped playing with each other. And I Bateman had the injury as well. So it's not like Lamar Jackson or Rashad Bateman got a ton of time together because Rashad Bateman obviously missed all the preseason in the first five weeks of the regular season. He came back in week six against Los Angeles. But then Lamar Jackson gets injured in week 14 and misses the remainder of that of that season. He misses also week 11 against Chicago. So, you know, both guys are really in and out, kind of didn't have a lot of time to to play with each other. But it's glad I'm glad that the chemistry is there for them. But some of the most interesting I guess sound bites we got here from Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, had to do with Marquise Brown and whether he knew that Marquise Brown was going to be traded and his reaction to the news. He said that actually John Harbaugh called him and it was after a workout and he said, okay, and he's listening to him. And, you know, he said that he actually didn't buy into it because he said John Harbaugh told him we're thinking about trading him and Lamar Jackson actually didn't buy into it. And it was just a conversation and when it actually happened, he was like, oh, like he said, what the, but it's all good. It's part of the business he did say. And he actually made it clear that that, that tweet that he posted after the Linderbaum pick right around the time Marquise Brown got traded was the, about the, the Brown trade. It wasn't about the Linderbaum pick. He said, yes, I was kind of hurt because that's my boy, but it's all good. Like I said, it is part of the business. And he also said he was kind of shocked that he was in Arizona. He did say, yes, I was shocked. I'm like, dang, but like I said, it's part of the business. So like Lamar Jackson said, if you didn't know, it's part of the business. But I, I, yeah, I, that's what I think I kind of took away all along. I didn't I didn't think that tweet was about Linderbaum. I know a lot of people took it that way and you can say, oh, well, it happened right after the pick. But it was 
shockingly fast how quickly Marquise Brown popped up there in Arizona. Obviously, the, the team owner got him, and he was at the whole draft party thing. But, you know, he's up on that stage, and the Ravens are making their pick, and the, the trade is, like, just announced. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, here's your new Arizona Cardinal wide receiver, Marquise. Like, it's incredible how fast that went. And, again, I talk, I've talked about this with multiple people on this show. I was shocked about how quiet teams let it be i mean the the cardinals the ravens there was no leakage of any kind and honestly you know they talked about it. if that trade had gotten leaked there probably wouldn't have been a deal and that makes sense i think that the way that this deal was kind of orchestrated kept under wraps until right then i think the ravens got good value for marquise brown at the end of the day marquise brown didn't want to be in baltimore so you're able to get a first round pick back you know funny enough the first round pick that they picked him at marquise brown was the 25th overall pick in 2019 the ravens took linderbaum at 25th overall but again i know we've had this conversation before but it seemed like in lamar jackson i wouldn't say he was shocked because again john harbaugh did call him and did tell him the plan it wasn't like the ravens just did this blindly and said oh well okay hopefully lamar finds out somehow no they they were informative with their quarterback they made sure he understood the situation about thinking they were thinking about it lamar jackson said but yeah, it was, it was shocking to me. It was shocking to a lot of people. I mean, we had we had Kyle Barber on the show last week, and he said the media room was like, "What? Like they traded Marquise Brown? Like what are you talking about?" So yeah, it, it was interesting to kind of hear Lamar Jackson's perspective on that. But he's right; it, it is part of the business. Marquise Brown again did not want to be in Baltimore. The offense he said was not for him. So now he goes in Arizona to reunite with Kyler Murray, and you know maybe that offense is more for him. And the Ravens' offense is not for everybody. I definitely understand that. But at the end of the day, the Ravens now have their other group of wide receivers with Bateman and Devin DuVernay and James Prochet and Tyler Wallace. So Amar Jackson providing some perspective on that. And he also kind of talked about the back and forth he had on Twitter with uh, Chris Sims of NBC Sports. And he said that uh, sometimes it's clickbait and that he actually got baited by Chris Sims because uh, Lamar was like, dang, I want to be myself. I don't want to be the next guy. I look at myself as Lamar Jackson, not Tom Brady, this and that. I want the Super Bowls like Tom Brady, but I'm still myself. So that's why I responded. No hard feelings, though. He's doing his job. So, yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. He's right. He's not Tom Brady. He is He is a unique talent, someone who is just Lamar Jackson. You know, there's no other way to really put that. So, I think when talking about just all these people saying, oh, well, he has to be like this guy. He has to be like that guy. I mean, even like the Michael Vick comparisons, right? He's been compared to Michael Vick time and time and time and time again. But Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. It's what makes him special. It's what makes him unique. It's what makes him so hard to figure out, as we've heard <laughs> we've heard many different times before. Oh, has he figured out? Has he figured out? No, because he, he is still such a unique talent. So the fact that he kind of went in depth on that too is very interesting. Again, a lot of the talk was surrounding his contract, and I think that is what got picked up the most. But there were very interesting sound bites not related to the contract that I just wanted to talk about because, again, I think they were worth talking about, definitely. But we'll head into our first break here on Locked On Raven. Still a ton to talk about. We're going to dive into our post-minicamp 53-man roster predictions, starting off with the offensive side of the ball. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to talk about here on Locked on Ravens. First, though, I do want to tell you a bit about Blue Nile. And whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, the fine jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelry will then handcraft a perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. And if you're looking for fine jewelry but are having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. They're available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners. Get $50 off purchases of $500 
hundred dollars or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging. Then we'll give away what's inside. So shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenow.com today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you again. Thank you so much for making Locked On Ravens your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, like this video in video form. Be sure to follow us in audio form and turn notifications on as well. But let's now dive into these roster predictions here. Again, post-minicamp. And there there are a couple rules here that I kind of set for myself kind of interesting one so i'm going to explain them not a ton again just pretty much roster predictions but so what i have here is i'm assuming everyone is healthy outside of ty Bowser and david ajabo i'm assuming and again no like inside and none of that i'm just assuming that everyone is healthy so in this scenario everyone is healthy for week one outside of ty Bowser and david ajabo so that's what we're working with so you'll see jk dobbins on this prediction not on the pup list same thing with Gus edwards ronnie stanley marcus peters but bowser and ajabo are going to be left off of it just because i think their timelines are a little bit further pushed back again we don't know but that's just that's the, the rule of this one so again as we get further in the offseason maybe we will get more updates and we'll figure out more so those predictions will have a little bit more accuracy in terms of just the timelines but right now at the time of this recording we just don't really know those timelines so with the, with the rules, that, that's the only rule. So with those rules out of the way, let's dive into the offensive roster predictions here. And again, I have my uh, handy-dandy cheat sheet, and I did the math here. And it, there were some tough decisions I had to make. And more so on the defensive side of the ball. So we'll talk about those in the final segment. But starting off with the offense, quarterback-wise, I think I am going to go with what a lot of people have and say two quarterbacks. And you can probably guess who those quarterbacks are, Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley. I think that the Ravens could probably outside of like a stellar, like best quarterback, top 10 quarterback performance preseason by Brent Hundley or Anthony Brown, they could probably get one, if not both of those guys on the practice squad. I just think with what the Ravens will need from a depth perspective at other positions, I think that they can keep two quarterbacks and either whether it is Huntley or whether it is Brown or another guy that they find to get on the practice squad. They can survive with two quarterbacks on the active roster. And then if they need to call up a third quarterback or if they need to get another guy, they can do that at this point. So for Brett Hundley or Anthony Brown, those guys are more practice squad, in my opinion, at this point. So for quarterbacks, two guys with Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley. Running backs is a more of a, a controversial position, I would say. Some people believe they should keep three. Others believe they should keep four. Even some people say five. (laughs) They say, let's just all in on the running backs. I'm saying four, though. And my four are J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Mike Davis, and Tyler Beatty. Those are my four. This means that Justice Hill is off. This means that Nate McCreary is off. Ricky Person is off. There are a lot of talented guys the Ravens have, but Justice Hill at this point, again, this is where we are right now. I'm not predicting it based off what we see in the 2022 preseason. We're not there yet. Based off of what I saw from Justice Hill last preseason and last training camp, 
you know, there wasn't enough there for him to earn a roster spot. Then I think that he probably would have been released if he didn't get injured and was able to go on IR and everything. So this is a big training camp for Justice Hill. But right now, I think the Ravens will go with the veteran experience and Mike Davis and then Tyler Beatty, a sixth round pick. Who Again, I had a fourth round grade on. I posted a video of him on Twitter actually last night of just a, a route that he ran where he left this guy in the dust. I mean, he's a good route runner, good receiver, good ball carrier as well, breaks tackles. I mean, I'm very high on Tyler Beatty. I think he's going to be great in this system. And I don't think the Ravens are going to cut a draft pick here that they took. It's possible, you know, the Eric DaCosta era has been a lot less, a lot less safe for draft picks in terms of like, they will cut you if you don't perform. I know the Ozzie Newsome era was more of, all right, we're going to give the draft picks a couple years regardless outside of very, very unique circumstances. But yeah, I think for me, the four running backs, JK Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Mike Davis, Tyler Beatty, those are my picks. Fullback, that's one guy, and that is Patrick Ricard, not Ben Mason. The Ravens, they have big plans for Patrick Ricard in this offense. I think Ben Mason, the best, the best spot for him is on Baltimore's practice squad. You can learn behind Patrick Ricard, fill a role. And I think that, you know, that was what the Ravens wanted last year, but he ended up going to New England and then was in Houston for a bit, I believe. And it, just, it didn't work out that way. But to have insurance for Ricard in this very unique offense that is successful and caters to a player like Mason's skill set, I think that that is the best option for him. But for now, yes, one fullback in Patrick Ricard. Wide receiver, this was a, a tough one. I, I ended up going with five. And again, I'm not. I'm not putting a veteran on here because there's no veteran on the roster right now. So what I'm going with is obviously the, the big four. <laughs> Some people call them Shaw Bateman, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, Tylen Wallace. Then it was tough. I, I was between four guys here, Benjamin Victor, Makai Polk, Shamar Bridges, and Devin Williams. I ended up going with Makai Polk though. For right now, I feel like he is somebody who, you know, very proven in college, someone who fits the profile of what the Ravens need. And again, a lot of these guys do the, the big body contested catch type receivers, but Polk is someone who I think is very intriguing to me. And I think could have a very big preseason, but I, I was very close to picking bridges and very close to picking Victor. It was, it was a very, very close one. I think I, I like Slade Bolden a lot. I think he's just a bit too redundant in terms of what they have right now. Again, a big preseason, big training camp could sway me in a different direction, but I just think the Ravens at this point should use their fifth wide receiver spot on that big body type. And while Slade Bolden, I mean, I like him a lot. He's super talented, but I think maybe he could be again, like a practice squad guy. It could be insurance for a player like James Crochet, let's say for et cetera. But now moving on to tight ends, it was four here for me. So I'm going four, five, four with running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Those four, decently obvious. You, you might guess them. Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, Charlie Kohler, Isaiah Likely. Those are the four. I just, I just don't see a spot for Josh Oliver. I think he could be a trade candidate. I talked about this with Kaji Ismail a couple weeks ago with some early trade candidates on the Baltimore roster. I just think that for what the Ravens have right now, they're, they're not going to cut either of their two draft picks. I think both are way too talented. I mean, Isaiah likely shown flashes in training camp. Charlie Kohler is liking to Mark Andrews. They're, they're not going to do that unless something crazy happens. Nick Boyle restructured his contract. You know, he's looking good. So, again, I don't think that's on the table. And then Mark Andrews, come on. <laughs> Ravens are cutting Mark Andrews. So, for me, I think Josh Oliver is an odd man out here, unfortunately. And it was not – if this is the, if this is what happens, it was not the best stint in Baltimore for, for Josh Oliver. I just, you know – traded a, a conditional seventh for him and that seventh ends up going to Jacksonville because Oliver made the roster and yeah, you know, not, not a huge impact player made, made some plays, but I think not, not as many as the Ravens would have liked. So yeah, four tight ends for the Ravens, 
Offensive line, though, I have nine offensive linemen. I'll read them out. Ronnie Stanley, Ben Cleveland, Tyree Phillips, Patrick McCary, Tyra Linderbaum, Kevin Zeitler, Morgan Moses, Juwan James, Daniel Falele. Now, this one was one of the tough decisions for me in a couple aspects. One, I think that Ben Powers in this situation gets traded, much like Ben Bredesen did when the Ravens knew they didn't have enough roster space to keep all their offensive linemen where they traded. Ben Bredesen as well as Greg Mance. But I think this could be the same situation where the Ravens actually have to trade away two offensive linemen just because they don't have enough roster space, but they're almost like too talented to let go for nothing. If you can find a trade partner who will give you some assets. So Ben Powers is one of those people. Another one that was literally like one of the last cuts for me. I think it was the second to last cut. Tristan Cologne. Tristan Cologne's a player that I like a lot. But with Tyler Linderbaum now in the fold, you could say Passion McCary is the backup center, even though we I think that his best role is the super six sub guy. If the Ravens have to cut from somewhere, I think it could be the center position and maybe try to sneak him on the practice squad that they potentially could try to. I think he would get scooped up. I think that would because there were teams that wanted to take him off the Ravens practice squad during his rookie season. The Ravens had to add him to their active roster so that that wouldn't happen. So I think that Cologne's another player that could potentially be uh, just a part of the numbers game, which is unfortunate because the Ravens have so much depth. It's going to come down to these decisions, which like you want these decisions to be on the table. You don't want them to have no depth. So it's like, all right, like we can keep all the guys we want, but then like there are 10 others who were kind of iffy on, but we have to keep them because there's no depth. The Ravens have done a good job again, at most positions of getting a lot of depth, building up a lot of depth. And offensive line is one of them. I mean, in this situation, the Ravens are keeping a bunch of tackles. Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses, Jawan James, Inafalele. But that's what they need to do. They need to keep those guys because they're not going to let themselves get burned again by Ronnie Stanley, which is what they, you know, I'm glad they did that. And I'm glad they have that depth. But you have to, what, what if you're adding in other positions, you have to take away from another. And in this situation, if you're keeping four tackles here instead of maybe three and like a swing guy or something. Cause you could argue Tyree Phillips is a swing guy. I personally think is a guard, but you could argue it. I think that the Ravens would have to take away another position. And for me, I think that is the center position, unfortunately. So Cologne and powers two of the odd men out here again, just purely based off of the numbers game. So yeah, a lot of guys, a lot of talent on this team and on the offensive side of the ball. I think this is a pretty well-balanced out offense, again, with the 4-5-4 with running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Solid offensive line group. I feel confident about that depth as well. And, yeah, so a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. But we'll head into our final break here on Locked on Ravens. Still a ton to talk about. We'll dive into the defensive side of the ball and flip the field in our final segment. So we should have stayed tuned. Still a ton to talk about on Locked on Ravens. First of all, I do want to tell you a bit about Bet Online. And BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports, waging your information, including live betting, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains your best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or 
Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. We're back here. Our final segment of Locked on Ravens, Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you again. Thank you so much for making Locked on Ravens your first listen today. Be sure to subscribe again here on YouTube. Our next goal, 2,000 subscribers. Be sure to like the video as well, and be sure to follow us anywhere you get your audio podcast. And also be sure to make your second listen, Locked on NFL. I hosted the Monday show over there once again. So if you want to hear me talk, we talked about the safety position. The AFC North, too, Minka Fitzpatrick. We talked about Jesse Bates and the Chiefs as well. So if you want to tune into that, be sure to check out Locked On NFL anywhere you get your podcast, including on YouTube. But let's move into the defensive side of the ball. These were tough decisions. These were the defensive side of the ball has a lot of positions where you could argue, oh, well, they should keep five here and six there and eight here. There's there are 53 spots on the roster, and you you just can't you can't keep everybody. So there were a couple really tough decisions here that came down between two very talented players. And again, these could shift. These could change as the offseason continues to go on. But again, I do think it's fun to just dive into post minicamp. What did we learn from minicamp? All right, cool. Like this guy could do this. This guy could do that. So diving into the defensive line, the Derek Wolf news made this a bit easier. <laughs> In fact, a lot easier. I kept all six guys that I think a lot of people are expecting the Ravens to keep here. That's obviously Clayus Campbell, Michael Pierce, this amount of BK, Broderick Washington, Brent Urban, and Travis Jones. Very excited about this group. It's, it's one of the groups I'm most excited about. I think it's one of the groups that actually has the most depth. One of the groups that has the most depth. There are a couple that could take the cake potentially. I'm, I'm still kind of sorting through which one I feel the most confident in, but the defensive line is certainly up there. And it's that balance. Again, I've, I've talked about this before, but it's the balance of having very good veteran talent and very good young talent. So it's not like you have all veterans in their 30s. It's not like you have all rookies or second year or third year guys. I'd like the balance they have. I think if the Ravens can manage Clay's Campbell snaps a bit better, and again, not blaming them, Clay's Campbell had to play a ton because they had so many injuries. But if the Ravens can be able to take Clay's Campbell off in some situations where he's not necessarily like quote unquote needed, I guess is the word I'll use. I think that'll be big for him, keeping him fresh the entire year. I, I have big expectations for Travis Jones, just a matter of big guy. I, I really like what Bradshaw Washington is showing me. And then obviously the veterans, Michael Pearson and Brent Urban. So that's a group I'm really confident in. Moving on to the outside linebackers. Now, this is where it gets a bit funky. From here on out, it, it's a little funky with what I did here. I kept four outside linebackers. Again, this is not going to include Ty Spouser. It's not going to include David Ajabo. I'm assuming those two either start on whether it's, I don't know, IR, PUP, whatever it may be. So four outside linebackers for me, Adafe Owe, Dalen Hayes, Jalen Ferguson, and Jeremiah Moon, undrafted Jeremiah Moon. So this means that Stephen Means, who the Ravens signed, does not make it. He was one of the final guys I had to let go off this roster. Vince Beagle, I had to let go off this roster as well. I have big expectations for Adafe Owe and Dalen Hayes as well. Dalen Hayes is one of the minicamp darlings. And at this point, we just, again, we don't know when Tyus Bowser could come back, when David Ajabo could come back, but those injuries were suffered later on in the process, right? Like 
J.K. Dobbins was August. Gus Edwards was early September. Marcus Peters, early September. You had Tyus Bowser in January, David Ajabo in March. Obviously, very different injuries. It varies for everybody. But with four outside linebackers, I'm also assuming that Malik Harrison will play a bit more at Sam, which is big. The Ravens also, again, they're not like this 100% base defense team. They will move guys around, and they will play all these different positions, and they will put all these DBs on the field. So I think that with that, the need for, like, pure outside linebackers at this point isn't as big of a need, but again, you need to have a pass rush. Like this is where not having a Justin Houston, like if Justin Houston was in the fold, I'd keep five guys and find some somewhere else to cut from. And maybe it would be Jalen Ferguson. I don't know. But at this point, I do think a veteran at the outside linebacker position, whether it is Jason Pierre, Paul, Justin Houston would be huge. But again, like I'm just saying that Adafi Owe is definitely that number one at this point. Dalen Hayes looks looks like number two. And then, you know, you can make the argument to keep five and say, hey, well, Stephen Means could play inside and outside, so you should keep him. Vince Beagle could play inside and outside linebacker, so you should keep him. But at this point, I just think with all the roster crunches that have to go on right now, and again, like it's cool to kind of dive into these different situations and scenarios and see, well, if they keep five here, can they only keep three here? Four here, is it only four there? So for me, I'm only keeping four outside linebackers at this point with the assumption that some other guys will play at that spot and provide that positional versatility. And the reason for me keeping Jeremiah Moon over some of the veterans is because he has impressed based off of what we've heard and what we've seen. So I think that for the Ravens, their undrafted free agent track record, very, very good. Jeremiah Moon, very big guy, 6'5", very imposing, a very good athlete. And so him coming out of Florida, I think he's one of the he's one of my favorite undrafted free agents of this class, which I have, I have a lot of favorites in this Ravens class. Speaking of undrafted favorites, Kobe McLean makes this roster, in my opinion, here coming out of minicamp. And the inside linebacker position, I keep four guys as well, and that is Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, Josh Bynes, and Zacoby McLean. Now, that spot was between Kristen Welch and Zacoby McLean, but I think, again, Zacoby McLean is a player who I think could really impress in training camp with the preseason. A lot of these inside linebackers, like the undrafted guys, could definitely do that, but I think Zacoby McLean, in my opinion, has the edge right now, and again, it's something where maybe a guy like Kristen Welch just holds that spot. With Chris Board gone, there is an opportunity and I think Scobie McLean takes advantage of it. So four outside linebackers, four inside linebackers. I know, I, I understand it is very thin there. But my reasoning for keeping four inside linebackers instead of five or even six is because, again, you can move Chuck Clark into the dime linebacker spot. The Ravens don't have to keep two inside linebackers on the field at all times. They can do three safeties, six DBs, whatever they want to do. It's not a pure base defense. So they can put unconventional packages on the field that don't necessarily have to involve all these inside linebackers on the field. And you can use some of those spots with other DBs, which is why and kind of transitioning over, I went so DB heavy and actually kept 11 defensive backs, seven corners and four safeties. Now this is relative to, to how you classify Brandon Stevens and Ardarius Washington. I classified both as corners. So if you, if Ardarius Washington is more of a safety to you or Brandon Stevens more of a safety, I get it. But I classified both as corners. So my seven cornerbacks here, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Kyle Fuller, Brandon Stevens, Jalen Moore Davis, Pepe Williams, and Ardarius Washington. And my four safeties, Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams, Chuck Clark, and Tony Jefferson. This was the toughest decision I had to make. And it really came down between Geno Stone and Ardarius Washington. And I think that between both, both super good players, both really high upside, Ardarius Washington coming off with a foot injury. For now, I'm putting Ardarius Washington on. 
with it with a flip of a switch with, with a play it could be geno stone like that is how close i think those two are i am very high on our darius washington i really really like geno stone I, I think both players have the potential to do something great maybe the ravens favor geno stone over his experience or because of his experience but it just it literally it could have been a coin flip for like it, it literally was that close i just think Darius washington has a bit more positional versatility with the ability to play in the slot while also being able to play safety Whereas Gina Stone, you know, he is versatile, don't get me wrong, but I think the Ravens view it as Washington more as a slot corner. And maybe if the whole thing is, all right, we're going with versatility here with corners slash safeties, and you have Kyle Fuller who can play inside and outside at corner. You have Pepe Williams playing in the slot. You got Ardarius Washington and Brandon Stevens as well. You know, like maybe that is too much versatility. And again, I don't think you can ever have too much of it, but like maybe you think, oh, well, maybe we need like that more traditional, like, center of the field, free safety that Geno Stone can play. Maybe that's it, right? But for right now, I kept it our Darius Washington. But it, it really could have gone either way. I want to make it clear how close it was between those two guys and how how agonizing it was to have to choose between one of them because I really wanted to keep both. But again, it's these roster crunches, how much good depth they have in some of these positions. You just you just have to, to get rid of talent somewhere because you just can't afford to keep it all based off of roster constraints. And then finally, the specialists, no surprises here. Justin Tucker, Jordan Stout, Nick Moore, the trio, not the Wolf Pack, that we have to come up with a nickname for him. It's not the Wolf Pack. That is immortalized in Ravens history. But yeah, those are the three specialists. So 53 players, some very talented guys left off of this roster. Again, this will change, right? These are just initial post minicamp predictions. We're in, we're in like mid to late June right now. When the final roster actually comes out in like late August. Things will have changed. We'll have seen training camp, a whole preseason, right? Maybe there are injuries, hopefully not, but maybe there are some injuries the Ravens have to account for. Maybe other guys come in, you know, maybe we'll be talking about Justin Houston or Julio Jones or someone like that. So, so still so much to figure out all across the board. But for now, those are my 53 man post minicamp roster predictions for the Baltimore Ravens. That was fun. It was fun to do too, doing all those different ideas, figuring out who goes here, who goes there, where do you, cut from here if you're adding more here so again if you agree disagree i totally get totally get if you agree also understand if you want to keep a player here over what i did or a couple in a different position but this was really fun to do and i, and I hope everybody did enjoy it but that's all i have you here today on locked on ravens thank you so much for tuning in i'm gonna get back in tomorrow we'll be diving into more ravens talks so be sure to stay tuned for that and i will see you here tomorrow if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.